Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is bonus episode number 10. This episode, I've got an absolutely incredible conversation. Uh, one that, you know, kind of for me, from a nostalgia factor, was like, holy shit, is this really happening? Um, I've got Ronnie Winter of the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Uh, I've been a big fan of their their music for a long time. Uh, I remember buying the original album when it came out. I remember, you know, playing it probably way louder than I needed to uh, a number of times. But um, no, huge shout out to Ronnie for taking the time to do this. They are currently on the road, so finding time in the schedule to... Uh, pull over, kind of kick the band out of the van so that he could have some quiet and and take care of, you know, the business side of things. Um, I really appreciate that. But we talked about all sorts of stuff. It's really hard to describe this conversation because we were all over the place. We talked about, um, obviously, the original album with, you know, Face Down, Cat and Mouse, Your Guardian Angel, and we talk a lot about those songs specifically and, you know, what they mean to people and just some of the things he's seen over the years. Uh, but, you know, we also talk about live shows and being a band for almost 20 years at this point, being on the road for nearly 20 years at this point, um, you know, the being signed to a major label and then having that major label go, hey, we can't fulfill our side of this agreement, so, you know, we need to figure this out, and, you know, we don't get into a ton of details on that, but Ronnie does tell a quick story about um, kind of how that all went down, and it's really interesting because I think a lot of people just assume that they got dropped from a major label, and that's not the case at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope you uh, take the time to truly listen to it and, and really... Uh, get invested because Red Jumpsuit is um, definitely a band for the people. Uh, you know, they write stuff that's very relatable. And I think a lot of people obviously have made that connection. And I hope you have too. And this is just a conversation that you just want to hear Ronnie talk for a while. Because that's basically what it is. And it was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Ronnie Winter of the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Um, but I'm here. You're here. How's it going? It's going well, man. How about for you? Good, man. Um, I'm in the tour van now. We uh, pulled over. Uh, awesome. We're on our way to Pittsburgh. Um, mm-hmm. I have a cool little, like, whole setup in here. It's very kind of like, you know, very cool. Yeah. Um, it's kind of more like a bus. But uh, the cool thing is, is I have my whole... Uh, rig in here i can record i can do video editing i can do streaming i can do zoom podcasts anything so it's nice to be like mobile with tech yeah dude and that that's the thing you know like especially nowadays the versatility that we have with all this stuff is incredible yeah man big time so i mean back when it's beginning of our career i like telling these stories especially to the younger emo kids (laughs) we're elder emo right that's what we're known as in the beginning, we had to use a road atlas. I'm yeah. not even joking. Like, we didn't even have navigation. You know, text messaging was like a dollar a text. Like, there was no video call. Like, it was just different. So, uh, yeah, you know, we've been in band so long now. I just really appreciate all of that more than some of the young cats who are like, 
oh yeah we can just do this or this i'm like yeah now you can yeah well that, that's the thing you know the road atlas and like even when google maps really became a thing it was okay i have to print the google map directions so that i can then try to follow them and if you missed a turn you were fucked because there was no way yeah. to tell like where you were at let's not forget about old MapQuest. remember that right? everybody's <laughs> <laughs> there's a blast from the past yeah but I think you and I are pretty close in age. I'm 37. So like, you know, we saw the same progression of the, uh, the internet. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just like, that's what I'm saying. I'm just grateful that, uh, uh yeah. we are able to do all these kinds of things, but, um, yeah, everything's going good. We're on tour. We're supporting escape of fate right now. Um, and it's been awesome, man. And we're currently in route to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, Thursday you'll be in India and I'm, working with ed i should be at that show so oh, sweet. Um, we'll get some some concert photography for you guys and all that set up so um yeah first off though thanks for for taking the time to do this i super appreciate it man it's uh it's always nice you know like i've been doing the podcast part of this for going on almost three years now um but music journalism for like 18 so to Wow. I, I remember buying the first album from you guys and you know what I mean? Like growing up and then now being able to, to go back and talk to a lot of these artists and, um, you know, just kind of relive the glory days, if you will, but also like see, you know, something for you, especially like how that demographic has grown with you and how it's changed and how like now they've got kids and their kids are listening to you. Like it's insane, right? Sure. Yeah. So I did the quick math. If my math is correct, you were 20, uh, probably 21 when this album came out. Yeah. Maybe 22, um, which is a perfect age to digest this record. You know, it was really kind of like right where I was. Um, and one of the things we've done from the beginning, and I'm glad I did this in the beginning. Um, there's a lot of tough choices you got to make when you're young and, and you first ink a deal, whether it's with an indie or a major or whatever. And one of those choices that is like, Kind of a forever choice is like image right mm -hmm. like how are you going to look how are you going to be perceived what are you going to write your songs about and i was very very adamant about being working man's band i was very because i was still working i was literally still working right. construction i still had my hard hat and boots <laughs> in my when we signed our deal that was still in my trunk that was my work clothes yeah. um because nothing happens overnight you haven't even made your record yet um but those were all the things i was thinking was like you always, I always remember seeing stories of bands who would like blow up and then you'd hear things like forget where they came from. So I was just so that's not going to happen to us. And I'm happy to report in 19 years it never did. Um, so the one thing I wanted to do from the very beginning was just base all of my songs off real life experiences from Face Down, The Guardian Angel, The Cat and Mouse, all the way to here to the emergency EP with Brace Yourself in Real World. Um, and I think that's done us well. Um, we've departed from that maybe three times in our entire discography and it was always, uh, very direct. And it was usually just because we like, we thought it was cool to write songs about movies because right. we, we, when you're in a band and you're just hours and hours and hours on the road, one of the only things you talk about is movies. Did you see this yet? Did you see that yet? And now that you can stream, you know, we can tell each other like, Oh dude, it's on Netflix or it's on HBO max. And there he is right there watching it, you know? So it becomes very part of being in a band like it's hard to describe even like relationships right you watch some shows with your significant other and some you don't you know it's like you have a certain group of friends that watch this show with you but they don't like this one and a different group of friends like that so you know i wanted to be just very very like 
real and straight to the point and, and speak about experiences other than those three exceptions. We wrote one song called Twilight about Twilight films. Uh, we also wrote a song called Mockingjay about the, you know, the uh, uh, Mockingjay series. Um, so other than those very few departures, oh, and one song called Valentine. And I think that's the only three. Um, they've all just been uh, real stories. So the cool thing is, is anybody that's been with us the whole ride, like you said, who has kids now and has grown up, um, you'll see how those experiences have changed. You know, yeah. I'll be singing about where I was at 23, then I'm singing about where I was at 26, then I'm singing about where I was at 30, then I'm singing about where I am in my late 30s. And, and all of those topics change as I became a parent, as I grew up, as I got sober, all these kind of things happened and you can see them in my album. I didn't just, I didn't just brush by them. And um, the longer I've gone by doing that, the more fruitful that has been. So I'm just grateful that that was the move from the beginning. Um, and, and here we are. We're still a band. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I think that, that says a lot to the, the foresight that you had about that. Because like you said, there are so many bands that put out their first record and, you know, happen to land a, a major deal or whatever. And the money goes to their heads and unfortunately into addictions and things like that. And then either they go away or the next album, it's like, Oh, we're going to pretend that none of that happened. And it's like, but, but why, you know, we're not stupid. Like we all see it. And I think that's a great Testament to you is like, like you said, they're all stories from your life. And I think it helps the relatability with the fan base too, because they can see themselves in what you're singing about. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I, I hope so. I mean, that's the hope, you know, and, uh, and then the other side of that is we're just a rock band. Right. We never tried to be anything more than that. We didn't come out with the pyrotechnics when Face Down was number one and we were right there next to all the other heavy hitters. It was, we, we wore the clothes we were wearing that day and walked on and played like we were in the, still in, the, in my trailer. Like we were still jamming in the trailer in the middle of nowhere, Middleburg, Florida. And I don't know. I do think our fan base uh, appreciates that and always has. And, um, you know, there's plenty of other bands who are, really a lot more fun to watch i'll be honest with you because they do it all they do the lights they do the fire they, they got the wardrobe um and i enjoy watching those bands but that's not who i am yeah no and i think you know there's obviously something to be said about those bands and i think for me as a, a fan and a journalist there's a difference between going to a rock show and like going for the entertainment value and going to a rock show that it's like, this is someone that that I look up to or that has been through similar things. Or, you know, like in your case, like I said, I remember buying the first album and face down hitting me in the face with just like, right. I've seen this, you know, like I know what this feels like. Um, Cat and Mouse, Guardian Angel, like there's so many of those songs that I'm like, fuck, I know where Ronnie was when he was going through this because I was there. Sure. Well, it's nice to hear. It's always nice to hear. Um, and I've heard it many times. Um, and I've heard some brutal, brutal versions of that. Some very, uh, you know, when you have songs like Face Down, there's going to be conversations before and after the show that are just really impactful. And, you know, I'm not going to break anybody's anonymity, but I've, I've speaking, I've spoke to many men and women who have left it. Uh, that's the other side of the coin. You know? yeah. um, uh, left abusive relationships because of the song you know, literally like driving song comes on that's it yeah. i've had enough like i it's a sign from god type of thing or whatever they believe in that i've heard it all 
um, it was it was the last thing they needed to motivate them to make the right decision. And then they're standing there with tears in their eyes, thanking me. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I don't know if I'm really do that. Thanks, but I, I thanks for listening. Because you easily could have changed the channel, or you could have zoned out, or yeah. you could have listened to your friend instead. But this, you needed to hear that song, so you heard that song. You know, it's yeah. like it doesn't really actually have anything to do with me when you think about it. Um, it has everything to do with them. Were they willing? Imagine if every single person was able to take in every song that was ever written so deeply. You know, what a different world we would live in. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that's a, a one of the beautiful things about music, and I talk about it a lot, is, you know, the the value that you put into a song or the message that you put into a song may not be what everybody gets out of it. And that's okay. As long as it resonates with them in the way that they need it. Right. I mean, a good example of that is guardian angel. Um, so many people, it is not a wedding song guys. It's not a wedding (laughs) song, but about a million people have been married to that song. So when I play it now, I think of it that way, even though that's absolutely not what it was about. And it totally fits. It's like their idea of the song was better than mine. You know, it is a love song. There's no doubt about right. that. But it wasn't specifically designed for that purpose. And yet the people of the world took it and made it that way anyway. And then it also became a song to play at funerals. Um, I've been told by many people, you know, my, my best friend passed away. He was such a big fan of your band. Like he had your shirts, he had your posters on his wall. You know, so we, we, you know, we played Guardian Angel at his wake and everybody was crying because they knew it was a song. And I'm just like, wow. Like, I, I, if you were to tell me, of course, as a young man, that that was going to happen, I'd be like, what? Yeah, right, man. Like, this is like, this is just a little ballad that I threw on there that used to be called Ronnie's Acoustic Song. Um, and we just changed the name because everybody thought that that was a dumb name. Um, you know, I, I never imagined that it would be that dear and, and, and important on such a such a deep level like yeah you know, i mean i haven't made my my death playlist yet but it got me thinking about that like what would i right. want played at my funeral i had never had the thought before until somebody told me that they were using my music for that so yeah man i don't know um that's why i was just saying like i'm glad i made that choice in the beginning because there's a lot of different ways you do as an artist yeah for sure and i think you know like i've i've never thought of that as a a funeral song either but now, like now that you've said it, I'm like, oh, well, I do see that connection. Like I can understand why somebody would want to do that. But mm-hmm. again, it goes back to, you know, like your intent versus the way it was received. Um, and that's one thing that like I got away from doing in the music journalism. And so I think, you know, the the important part with that is like letting the art live in the way that it needs to in each person's life, right? Yeah. I mean, I could think of another great example, you know, you know, rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. But I, I remember when My Hero came out, I remember thinking, this is my jam. Right. This is my song. Like, you know, grunge was still kind of on its way out. Emo was on its way in. And then there was this song that was like on its own. And I never thought to myself, even though the words are there goes my hero, I never really thought about it that way. Because I always kind of looked at Dave Grohl as a more like behind the curtain lyricist. Right. Um, and then I went to a big, uh, it's called a, a mental health and wellness um, festival for some of the troops who just come back from overseas. 
And when they, they, they played that song and I was told that they had permission and all that. Cause I asked and, um, I just never thought about looking at the song that way. And they were standing there and there was tears coming down their face because that song like ad adapted to them, you know? And I was just like, Holy cow, look at that. Like, I don't know. It's just, there's so many examples. And, um, I think what, when I'm writing now, sometimes I do stop and think, I wonder what they're going to, I wonder what they're going to make this into. Right. I almost, I also, I used to always think about the music video first and now I don't. A lot of times we put music out first and then make videos and it's yeah. so different and all the major and, and the indies um i've i've been saying since 2010 that we're indier than indie um a lot of independent bands who like to flex their muscles are not independent and right. they never were and they never have been in their entire career and you know a lot of people didn't like it when i said that way back then you know way before it was yeah. popular to start talking about issues like that and now it's all over the internet and all over youtube and everybody talks about it why is it so unfair uh, why is there no real independent billboard chart and never has been um, any they've they, they've claimed there has been there's never been one since day one um, they try to ignore it so um, what I've learned though is it's almost more fun to wait and see what they make out of the song and then make the video yeah <laughs> and well, try and to like follow the follow their lead right yeah especially like you know uh, brace yourself being so well received by first responders and things like that like Obviously, you kind of had that intent writing the song in the sense that, like, you knew it had power. But then to know, okay, it, it landed where it was supposed to land. That's the the right direction. Um, whereas you could change direction if you're not thinking about the music video first. You can change direction and go, oh shit, that didn't land with who we thought it did. Let's you know do this for the video instead. Right, and you know what? And a lot of times, a visual compliment isn't even necessary these days. Yeah. But we like doing it just because I think specifically the lyric videos help drive home the lyrics. And yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that song because you got to remember, we wrote that song before Coke. And so many people could not believe it because, and, and you know, just like every artist, we had like five seconds to decide, do we still want to put this out right. or not? Because the world was on fire and, and, and a lot of like really dark things were out there and like, not just COVID, it was just, a, it was just nuts. You know what I mean? There was just yeah. so much swirling around and the chorus is, you know, you know, brace yourself in case of emergency. We're like, holy cow, this is so unbelievably relevant. And when we put it out, people are like, there's no, you must've wrote this yesterday. Like, this is some kind of like, um, you know, monetization grab. And we're like, cool. Well, we got printed mixes from last year in October. It's a nice try. You know, everyone's always trying to shoot you down, but you know, it went viral, which hasn't happened to us in a while. We've had it happen a few times in our 19 year career span, but it, it had been a little while because I had a kid and I took some time off. Um, so, you know, it was nice to get back in the swing of things and then just and hit a pretty big one right away, you know, with yeah. really our, our first swing. And um, it, it was awesome because immediate what happened was, was all these first responders were like commenting on the threads on the YouTube where like, this is keeping me going. Like there's nothing out there that's relevant. That's, uh, there's everybody's like scared we're scared to go to work but this is giving me the courage that i need to go in and we're like look at this look at this so we just started giving them the attention we're like hey don't forget about us there's a way cooler story happening go check out our youtube comment thread like like i ever thought i would say that right. and it's nurses <laughs> talking to each other and pumping each other up and people commenting saying good job keep it up we need you and we were just we were just blown away you know so i mean it was really amazing honestly i'll never forget I don't think we'll ever put a song out that will have that unique type of uh, um, reaction. 
ever. I mean, it was just a very unique thing. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I can see both sides of that coin, right? Like, obviously, because of how how directed it felt like that song was, sure, I can see where people would assume, like, oh, right. they just slapped this together. But then at the same time, like, being in the music industry, few people slap anything together overnight. You know what I mean? Thank like, you. that's not how the they process don't know works. <laughs> they don't, yeah, they're just internet trolls, and they don't yeah. know any better. And, and they're going to say anything they can to get attention and um but you're right newsflash people um nothing happens overnight um even if you're super super fast there's still a delay in literally just uploading soft you know waves to a dsp which if you don't yeah. know what that means it's digital service provider and if you don't know what that means spotify spotify and apple yeah <laughs> okay so that's a dsp to even upload takes time so there is not anytime everyone's like oh yeah we just recorded this last week and put it out most of the time that's just a hype pitch and mm -hmm. that's what we call a swerve you know a pr swerve the truth is is they submitted it 30 days ago and then they picked a release date and maybe maybe they didn't finish like the artwork until last week you know i right. mean they can probably get away with some of that it's a stretch of the truth so you know we try to always tell people the truth you know all the time whatever for better or worse yeah yeah absolutely and i think you know unless it was going up on like maybe soundcloud Sure. There you Maybe go. you did okay. write it up the, the day before, but but that's not what we did. Yeah. Right. Um, no. You're right. Yeah. SoundCloud. There are a few. I mean, technically, theoretically, you could say YouTube as well. Yeah. But that ours was like out. You know, like all the servers and all of that. Right. And on top of that, complemented with a weird video. So you know, again, you can't. The turnaround time on those things is not overnight. It, it takes some time. And the song I was originally the reason the urgency that's in the song is because our guitar player josh's mom had just battled cancer and it was a big deal and it was a tough yeah. battle and there was a lot involved in it and um when i was when i was brought in by his family about what they had gone through because uh, we were separated you know yeah. we, um we were on tour and then right after being on tour um it was christmas time so i wasn't really around them but when i finally got to go hang out with them and they had kind of like a a scrapbook documenting her fight and it was just really impactful to me um because i knew her personally so somebody was in my life and i had never really known anyone who had recently just gone through that battle and uh luckily uh, everything worked out um but it was very emotional roller coaster specifically for josh's family but josh is my family is our family because we're a family band um so it just that's why the song that's why it's all, you know, in case of emergency, take caution when breathing in. Because when I saw her, she was warning me about all these things. Like, hey, this is unhealthy. Be careful for this. Watch out for that. And I just took it in. I don't know. I just took it in. I was like, you're right. You know, we're surrounded by like all these things that are killing us. And we're just so used to going through everyday life. Like, eh, maybe I will have my seventh Coke today, even though I know that's not good. Maybe I will have a cigarette. Or, you know, we're just surrounded by all this stuff that we know isn't good for us. And yet present company included here we are you know doing it anyway yeah yeah no and i think that's an incredible kind of back-end story to it because again surface level listen that's not what anybody would really expect you know like from nope. the lyrics and from especially the video and things like that like okay this is about like kind of a a societal crisis type of situation or a very real crisis situation. And it's like, hearing you tell me that, I'm like thinking about the song in my head and I'm going, oh, 
Okay. Well, like, yeah, I can see where that ties in now and where this maybe came from. So no, it, it's, and that goes to say, or to show really the, the power of art and, and your songwriting ability to take one specific situation and be able to generalize the metaphor just enough to where everybody else can apply it to them. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, man, you know, like a lot of songwriters, they'll take the credit. Um, I have in the past. It's nice to feel like you did something, but the more you write for the longer that you write, the more you stay a professional songwriter. If you didn't just dabble in it for like three years of your life, you know, make a record, have some success and then get into real estate or whatever it is that a lot of my predecessors have done. Um, when the ones who have stayed in Maine, just written songs, regardless of whether they were popular or not, which is what we did, learned that none of these are my songs and they never were. Um, I didn't know that in the beginning because I was still green. But one thing I've learned is they're not mine. They don't come from me. They come from somewhere else. And I'm just lucky enough to like catch a glimpse. Like you were saying, like the metaphors and the words after, after something impacts me is when I'm able to write. And that's why I never have writer's block because I never sit down to write a song. I don't think I ever have in my whole life. And that really makes my friends who are more famous than me mad. Um, because they sit down with intent and they write, you know, and they, and they meet with these big songwriter teams and, and they, they make more money. Than me. But um, I don't do that. When something happens to me and I feel impacted, that's when I write a song. And I think that's why I am able to do those things, because I'm, I'm actually waiting. I'm waiting for something to come to me. Yeah. And I, I think not to say that maybe they're not as authentic, but like that's where they are your music comes in where sure you know obviously we all want to be millionaires right like it's america it is what it is right (laughs) i wouldn't be in a band i'd be in a bus right right. but at the same time like the measures of success are different and you know if you sat down and, and went to one of those teams or whatever maybe you could write the next number one hit but if you don't feel it and don't believe it then why, why am I doing this? You know, like there's no feeling in it. Yeah. Well, I have, I mean, I, I know these guys, you know, I've, I've been in sessions and, um, I just don't like, I, I don't like it. Um, yeah. I, I don't mind co-writing. Um, but my rule is, um, it has to be from scratch and it has to be for real. So that constricts a lot of people. So like, well, here's what the label's looking for. Here's what the, here's what the list, here's a list of things that they want and, Here's some themes that they would like it in. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. But I, I don't know if I'm going to say Yeah. That's not really what I'm trying to do. So, you know, like, I get how you mentioned the music industry. It is an industry. Um, I'm happy to report that we've never really, we've never really taken part of that. Um, even in the beginning. We did everything that was asked of us. We honored our contract. And then we got out of our contract. We're one of the very few bands in the history of rock and roll that was not dropped. We executed an exit clause because Virgin Records could not honor their end of the contract. So very small, cool, um, uh, very cool detail to any of the actual you know, bean counters out there. With our band, we, we, we didn't, we weren't told you underperformed by, by, by such an opposite reality. We were told you, you performed so well that we can't afford to honor your third album. So here's a really, here's a really different deal. That's nothing like the one that you signed. If you sign that, we will keep working together. We're like, ah, well, I'm pretty sure we put this little closet in there that says you can't do that. So 
have a nice day. So luckily for us, luckily for us, we had a great manager and a great attorney, both of which we still work with um, all these years. We're still together. Um, we were able to get out and um, continue and we still owned everything because we wrote everything. And, uh, you know, we've been independent ever since then, which is a really long time now. And uh, just truck, trucking along really, truly. Yeah, no. And that's, that's incredible to hear because like, obviously the media side of it is, oh, you know, they got dropped from their label or, you know, their, their contract is, is void or whatever, you know, like, and the onus almost always goes on the band. Like they didn't do right. what they were supposed to do. Um, so it's really Not interesting to, yeah, it's really interesting to hear the flip side of that, but it also speaks volumes to the, the level of success you guys were having at that point in your career that they had to go, look, we can't do what, what we thought we could do with you because True. you've overshot what we thought you were going to do. True. And, and, you know, the business side of it is, um, it's a good thing to hear us because right. no real punk rock bands, they, no real punk rock band wants to be signed forever. But we all understand that it's part of your career. You know, I would I sign a record deal tomorrow? Maybe if it didn't suck. But most of the ones I've seen are worse than the one I saw 15 years ago. So it's only gotten worse. They're only taking more. So um, I've had conversations with fans who are like mad. Like, why aren't, you, why aren't you as big as you used to be? I don't get it. Like, so, every record you put out is great. And of course, they're not all. That's what they're right. saying. Um, I get what they, they have this strange like defense for the band. Like they're like, Oh, listen to this stuff up there. And I'm like, don't worry about it. We're, we're right where we want to be. If we wanted to step back in, into that and give up everything we could. And when yeah. we, and we would be right where we were, but we didn't want to do that. Not anymore. And uh, especially because we were in a, such a unique situation of being able to walk away with already having that experience. We got the experience. We, were, we, we did the big videos, we did the big tours, we did the arena shows, we played with every massive band you can imagine. I got to meet everyone I ever wanted to meet all in those three, four years. And then after that, we were like, you know what? Um, I think we're just gonna play shows. Like, let's just play shows and not worry about all the noise. Let's not, we don't need to compete. You know, and there's always an, a bunch of younger versions of you that are better than you right away. Like, I don't care what band you want, pick any band. Three, four years later, you're just going to see a younger, better version of that band because they grew up listening to you, you know? So I'm seeing all these like younger, better jump, red jumpsuits coming out. And I'm like, man, they are better than us. Listen to that. You know what I mean? So like, I just decided way back then, probably 2010 when we went independent, that it's not a competition for us. It, it doesn't have to be. Um, we, I also, I used to tell my fans all the time who asked, we don't have to put another album out if we didn't want to. Um, they just keep asking us to. We could literally just play our old music for the rest of our career and be completely fine with that as musicians. You know, release solo right. music independently, launch side projects. Um, it's not going to hurt us to do that. But every time we put out a new album, I mean, the, every album we put out except for the Emergency EP had a Billboard number one on it consistently. So it was like, uh, okay, maybe maybe we should put another one out. Uh, okay, maybe we should put another one out. So we kind of just dumbed our way into it, honestly. But um, all, all I can say is just some bands have better fans than other bands. And that's the truth. You can ask bands, you know, like, oh, who, what band do you think has the best fans? And fans don't think they ever get judged. But let me tell you, they get judged. Um, yeah. Bands are judging you as much as you're judging that band. You know what I mean? So 
I do think our fans are regular people and they've, they've just been with us the whole time. And now they're, now their kids are with us. And who knows? Maybe even one day it'll be grandkids. I don't know. I'm, I'm not putting it out of the picture. <laughs> right. No. And I, I think one of the interesting things you said is it's, it's funny to me when I hear that these fan bases are like, oh, you know, I wish you were still signed to a major label or I wish this. And it's like, okay, but you're the same people that bitch when I am signed to a major label that my band sold out, like my favorite band sold out. Like, well, which is it? Like, do you want us to be signed and have all this extra exposure or do you want us to be your band? Like right. there's, there's no two way street on that. And you know what? The answer is they don't have it. It's, yeah. it's, it's tongue tied. It's like, oh, oh, I guess you're right. You know, it's like, Hey, look, man, if you really support me, support the decision that I made that I don't want to give away all everything that I've worked for for nothing. You know what I mean? Think yeah. about it that way. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, maybe we don't sell, nobody sells records anymore. It's all about streaming. Yeah. Um, we don't stream. We don't get as nearly as big as streams as we would if we were on a label, but every one of those streams matter to us. Every yeah. one of those streams count to us. So to me, that's just more organic and it just means more to the band than this artificially stimulated, you know, machine. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's funny you say that, though, because uh, some of the talking points that we have are you guys have acquired over two billion streams. Oh, is it two billion? Two billion is the number I was given. So, you know, when you hear that number, it's like, okay, that's an insane number. Sure, there probably are artists that are obviously higher than that. But like you guys aren't a drop in the bucket either. Thank you. No, I mean, there. I'm sure there are artists who are above that, but are there any that have been independent for the last 10 years? I think the answer is probably zero. Yeah, I would I agree with that, that. I believe that we are the only one. Yeah, um, I would absolutely and, agree with that. So we, you know, it's not a brag. It's happening to us. You know, this is th- something that is literally happening to me, and I am proud of that. I'm proud that we're keeping up with, somehow, you yeah. know, that we're keeping up with these, these heavy hitters without resorting to the same tactics well i think it goes to um with you know yeah there are people that have more followers on instagram or whatever like you said there there are definitely bigger fan bases or at least the perception of a bigger fan base you know and what i tell people all the time on this podcast especially when i'm talking to like newer bands or whatever is you can chase that million followers on instagram but if only 10 of them are, follow, are interacting with you and showing up to shows, those are the 10 people that you need to be worried about. And I think for right. you guys, it's, you know, your, uh, let's see, your social media following for the talking points is at a little over 2 million. But of that, you probably get, you know, 70 to 80% engagement. And then they're mm-hmm. also showing up to shows and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. and in today's world, like, being independent, you can speak to this for sure. You don't have to give the exact numbers, obviously, but like when you're on a record company contract, your split is like 80, 20 in the wrong direction, you know, and that's being generous, even on the band getting 20% by the time mm-hmm. lawyers get paid labels, you know, all that stuff gets worked out. Whereas now as an independent, yeah, there's, there's expenses, the bus, the, you know, there's some stuff that you guys are covering, but the vast majority of that money is directly affecting your lives. Right. So essentially it's a smaller bag, right? Like yeah. we're not, we're not trying to become rich in things. Um, we're not, 
So we're not rich and famous. Right. But what we are trying to do is the only thing we ever wanted to do, me and my brother, he plays guitar, Randy, is all we wanted to do was make music for our That was it. That was the goal. If we can just be a band and we don't have to work construction anymore, we don't have to paint houses anymore, we don't have to mow lawns anymore. We're from Florida, man. So right. that's what we did. We all worked in the sun every day, um, various different jobs. And, you know, we were just like, man, the coolest thing about being in a band that's signed is you jam all week when you're off tour. Like you could, and, and the bills are paid, the, the electricity's paid, the car rent's paid, the rent's paid, the internet bill's paid, you got some money for food. And because of all that, and it's not a nine to five that you have to go to, you can literally spend that time mastering the craft. That is what we were the most interested in. And that's what I'm the most grateful that in this 19 years, I have not had to work a job. I've been able to consistently work on music that entire time. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's and, the best and, thing in the world. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is, you know, like the shitty old cliche that, you know, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But right. it really is true that like being a musician is your job. Like that is paying yeah. the bills. But and it doesn't feel like work all the time anyway. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and sometimes I've, I've had to borrow money from my relatives to pay rent as being the singer of Red Jumpsuit, whatever, like right. I, I, in one year and then two years later, everything was good. You know, like I said, we've never been rich and famous per se, um, but we have been blessed and we've just never, I'll never be ungrateful for that. We've never had to go, we've never had to turn our back. Once we all decided, okay, we're going to do this, we're quitting our jobs, we're, we're, we're giving up on college, we're going for music. Everyone's, everyone's saying we're going to lose. Everybody was saying we're going to lose. Yeah. You're just another band. Your band name is dumb, blah, blah, blah. We heard it all. Um, but you know what? Here we are 19 years later. Yeah. And the generation that you came through or, you know, that you broke into, like looking at the bands that came out at the same time as you, most of them are not still around, you know, and I say it all the time. We're the yeah. last Mohicans um, and, you know, or they've taken a long hiatus. Right. Yeah. So when we started blowing up, my favorite band at the time was my uh, chemical romance. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was so bummed when they went on hiatus just because. Yeah we actually played with them quite a few times and i was like oh dang that means i'm not gonna get to see them live for free anymore you know because right. i love watching them and then of course when they come back it's hype 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 and i'm right there with everybody else i can't wait to see them play again i really am excited about watching them because they're fantastic live but there was this long gap we didn't do that that's all i'm saying um and and we didn't break up we just kept making records we kept jamming because in between tours we still, we're still friends who jam, you know? So like, yeah. that's what it's all about to this band. I guess we're more of like a Grateful Dead almost than a, um, than a you know, a, a label type band. We're, we're more about right. just hanging out and playing music. And then we make albums and we tour because that's how we pay the bills. Yeah. And I think, you know, you guys, as far as the tour schedule goes, um, where did it go uh more than on average more than 125 shows per year so like you know and that number is actually probably a little low it's probably more than that even for you guys right so you know that's something i hope that fans also appreciate because i think it gets taken for granted is that's more than a almost half the year that you're mm -hmm. away from your family that you're away right. from you know your friends to be with them and like i think so often it gets taken for granted and 
one of my biggest gripes is when people are like, oh, I'm going to go see, you know, red jumpsuit and escape the fate, but I'm going to get there, you know, at eight o'clock or, you know, an hour and a half after doors, like, no, fuck that. Go see the opener because they're busting their ass as well. Like right. the, all these people are getting away from their family to put on these shows. And I mean, you guys were in that boat at one point in time too. And like, I was going to say we were the opener for so long. Yeah. Um, the only thing that ever bothered me in the whole history of our career was anybody who ever called us a one hit wonder or an overnight sensation. I mean, our first album has one single four times platinum, another single double platinum gold and another single gold. So by the, by the definition of counting for one, two, three, not a hit one hit wonder. And then the overnight thing, it's like we were touring for a year and a half before anybody knew we were. Right. Yeah, and you can't take that away. You can't take away those weekends that we didn't hang out with our family. You can't take away. The, the, the animals that passed away when we were on the road that we didn't get to say goodbye to at a young, impressionable age. There were some things that happened. We got, you can't take away the relationships that were strained and destroyed because we were out there trying to make this thing happen and just say, oh, you're overnight because you just found out about us. That, that's just you finding out about us. That, right. that doesn't mean we weren't around. Yeah. No, it's always, it's hilarious when people say that stuff or like, I've got friends that'll be like, Hey man, have you heard about this band? And they think it's like something brand new. And I'm like, mm, bro, they've been around for like five years. You you're Where missing the boat here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What album do you like? All right, check this one out. You know, right. like, oh, I didn't even know about that. One. Yeah, no, it's insane. But I think, you know, that's the beauty of, of the demograph that you have, you know, as we talked about like them having kids and stuff, it's not just necessarily that all your new music is only resonating with, with the younger crowd, like their parents and older siblings or whatever are going, Hey, but look at what they did before. Like, this is what you have to look forward to because they're just going to keep growing with it. It is cool, man. It is cool. I mean, we have noticed, I mean, the, the new music does tend to resonate with newer fans. And I never really thought about that. I, I never did. And, and there was no management uh, or label like meeting with her, like, hey, you know, as your career grows, remember that when you put new music out, that's going to appeal more to younger fans because I don't think that's the way it works with too many fans. I don't know. I, I'd have to yeah. ask some of my friends if they've had the same experience, but a lot of times the band is making music to satisfy the older fan base, but mm -hmm. we never really have done that and we've gotten a lot of flack for that. You know, there's been so many people like, why can't you just rewrite Don't You Fake? Because I don't want to. Why can't you just make 10 more face downs? Because there's only one face down. That's why. And there's always only going to be one. Um, I did that. Yeah. I can, and I still get to play it every night. And I have been for 19 years. So it's that song never left me. Why would I want to clone it? And then there would be some less than version. Like, I just yeah. don't, I'll never understand that. So when we put new music out, we use fresh tones. We use new software new miking techniques and we also just are you know we're also immersed around music like you and any other music lover so we just bring in elements that we've heard that we think are cool like any like most kind of like top 40 producers do actually and then we mix that with the old jumpsuit rock and because of that a lot of younger fans grab our music first and the older fans are resistant that's what we've noticed and they're like oh i don't know if i like it and then when they go to the shows the youth is just going off, moshing, jumping up and down, you know, doing their thing. And they're like, okay, okay, I, this is jumpsuit. And right. they just, their ears were closed, you know, because yeah. it sounds a little different. But the reason why it sounds different is because we're not getting into a time machine going back into 2006 with the same microphones 
and the same brains and the same guitar tones because that was the past. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've said that about so many bands, you know, like Newfound Glory is one of my favorite bands of all time. Oh, yeah. And when Coming Home dropped, everybody shit on that album. They're like, oh, like they got so, so sophisticated. They think, no, I I fucking love that album. Yeah. Um, But so many people are like, yeah, so many people, though, are like, oh, well, you know, they they sold out and they're they're writing what the label wants or whatever. And it's like, no, they're just not fucking 19 year old kids anymore. Right. They've grown now, up. Like, I mean, if any band didn't sell out, it was that one. I mean, they're yeah. like the definition of not selling out. Just signing to a label isn't selling out, by the way. Um, the, the internet is full of band versus label controversy. Um, that's just the beginning of a path for it. Yeah. Um, selling out is completely changing everything about it for money. And you yeah. can see, I'm definitely not going to name it names, but you can see, no, <laughs> you can see artists who have taken that path and you can see artists who haven't. And Newfound Glory to me is exactly as awesome as they were the very first day I ever saw them. And yeah. I've seen them many times live and I've never once, never seen anything other than exactly what they were. Same thing goes for Blink-182 and other bands of that nature. Um, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just not relevant or true to accuse a band like that. If you're going to make that accusation, do it, do it the right thing. Yeah. Call the kettle black, you know, where it suits. Yeah, absolutely. And I, that's, that's always been my big gripe on it too, is when people, oh, they, they sold out because they signed a major deal. Well, it goes back to what we said. You want more people to listen to them. You want them to have more exposure, get more money, be more popular. But the second they sign a major label deal, they sold out somehow, like, make it make sense and then we'll talk about it but it right. doesn't make sense so right so there's no point in talking about it no i i get it um but you know i don't i don't luckily i hear the term sellout a lot less these days um yeah. it's almost like the youth is just they're just above it you know they're like what do you mean sellout? you mean you took a great opportunity they're like look they're like checking their stocks on their phone and the crypto right <laughs> you know like they are so smarter than we were that if you were like, oh, Newfound Glory sold out to a kid who's 17 years old, I'd be like, what are you talking about? That's not even what sellout means. Dummy. Yeah. Like they would just straight call them out. Like, so some of those phrases are even aging out, you know, mm-hmm. and some of that, some of those points of view, I think, well, from what I've noticed, um, that's just the thing, man. The youth is scary. They're smart. They're way smarter than we are. So if anything, we're just kind of hanging in there like, hey, <laughs> go easy on us, guys. All right. We know you're smarter than we are. We are not trying to say that we, we're anything other than the, I guess what I'm saying is we've settled nicely into being the old rockers. You know, right. we're almost at our 20th year as being in the band. Um, so, you know, we like being the old guys. It's, it's way easier. It's way easier than the beginning of the career. Yeah, for sure. And I think even back then, you know, talking about face down, um, cat and mouse, false pretense, like, a lot of those songs, you know, you've always done this throughout the the career. You write a lot about mental health and and these sorts of societal issues, if you will. And I I think back then we weren't ready for those conversations. You know, we were just, oh, that's cool. Like we're riding along with it. And now, like those conversations are so so much more prevalent that now looking back at your music, when people find out about you or you know start digging into the discography they go oh like this isn't me blowing smoke up your ass even though i am a huge fan but like you were so far ahead of your time when it came to the songwriting 
that I don't think anybody realized that that would translate into the longevity that you've had. Thank you, man. Um, I, I do believe that. I do believe what you said. And um, I do remember as a young 22-year-old guy on fire about everything because of where I came from. And a lot of people who are now our age, um, we did we weren't given the opportunity to speak out like the youth is now. And I love it. I love it how unafraid um, people are about saying when something's wrong. When they when they see something that's wrong, they're they're FaceTime live in it. Hey, this is going on over here right now. Everybody watch. Like everybody watch. Let's not let this get swept under the rug. Things like that. Like I love that. That was not going on in 2003, you know, when, when 2004, when the song was originally being created, all these songs were. So it was like a desperate uh, try at just putting it out there to see if there's anybody else, anybody out there who feels the way that we do. It's just us, you know, are we, are we this small band of against the grain, uh, you know, kids from the middle of nowhere, or is there a bigger world out there where people um, feel the way we do and these things are important to them and they, and they, they're tired of seeing people get bullied. They're tired of seeing uh, oppressive views and they're tired of uh, violence and abuse and like all of it. They're just sick of it, man. And that's really what that record's about. And a lot of those themes are, what do you know, on the emergency EP as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the thing that I've loved seeing as you guys have progressed forward and evolved the sound, like you've stayed true to yourselves and like unapologetically stayed true to yourselves because again, going back to what we said earlier, at the end of the day, you're the one performing these songs. So why would I do it any less than a hundred percent real to me? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, I have met a lot of artists who don't do it that way and I respect them. And most of them, most of them are more rich and famous than I, and that's fine. But when they want a real song, it comes to me. Right. Right. But that, that, you know, everybody has their niche. Right. And I think the, to me, that says a lot about you as a songwriter and as a friend, obviously to them that they can go, Hey, I need to write something that, that truly means something to people. Like I need your help to put this message out because you know, who doesn't love a good pop song, right? Like we all love to just get lost in a pop song, whatever. But I know for me, like whether I'm working out, working in the yard, whatever, like, if I've got stuff I need to do, like I need the energy and the emotion to flow through me as well, which is where music like yours comes in because, well, now I've, I've got someone else that feels the way that I feel amping me up and giving me that extra fuel. Absolutely. There's all kinds of documentaries on it as well. Scientific with that back that it's really fascinating, but um, the same thing goes for, I mean, like, like I've just met so many people who are like, you wouldn't believe it. They're just like these huge jock guys. And they're like, all I ever do is crush the bench to false pretense on repeat. And I've been doing it for 10 years. And I, I could see it because if you listen to the beat, like, it's like one, two, you know, I could just see right. them in there doing it, man. And I'm like, not me, you know, that isn't me, but like awesome to me that that's like how you get pumped. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just don't work out. But if I did, I know I would want a song like that or probably wouldn't be in our band. I wouldn't be listening to our band. You know, some kind of like just motivating, moving, poppy kind of like rock song. So for me, it'd probably be Boston. 
you know what I mean? More than a feeling, but yeah, I'm still old school at heart. Um, I still listen to all those old classics. Hey, but you know, I think the thing is with that, that it, it goes to say kind of what I was getting at too, with, if it makes a connection with you, it, it doesn't age, right? Like, it doesn't. You're right. It, it's there. I, I'm a living example. I used to get mad at my friends when they would like back it in and then turn their back on. Yeah. I was the kid who was like, you're a poser. That's what I used to say. <laughs> you're a poser. You're not a real fan. Right. You know, like I, once I dedicate myself to a band, if they can break through my wall and I can fall in love with some of their music, I'm a fan for life. I don't care. I've had many albums come out from bands where I didn't particularly like that record, but all I did was listen to the old album again and wait for the next album. You know, and I, I never in my once in my wildest dream would like throw a shirt away or be like, oh, I'm not listening to that band anymore. I have never done that. And I can guarantee I never will unless it was some kind of crazy, like, you know, domestic violence situation right. or something like that. That would yeah. that would be like, oh, you know what? I, I don't feel right about supporting you. other than that, other than those unique type of situations. Like I'm a I'm a fan for life kind of guy. I still listen to the songs that I listened to before I wrote that. So, okay. And a big part of that was bands like Newfound Glory. You know, I still go back and listen to my same playlist that I made way back in the day. I'm so glad I still have it. Um, and I literally listened to the same one that I did when I was 18 years old, driving in the backwoods of Florida, learning how to sing in my car because I, I couldn't afford vocal lessons, listening to all these great punk singers and, and coming up with my own style. Those songs are in me forever. Yeah, no, and I, I, can't agree more because I, you know, I'm in Indiana, but same thing. Like I remember many late night drives to newfound glory, uh, yeah. senses fail Bayside, oh, yeah. like just yeah. killing it. And like, and then like the other extremes, you know, getting into like the pop side of stuff or whatever, because I was exploring my vocal range, which I'm sure you were as well. And yeah, I, I grew up listening to my dad, was a big classic rock guy. So it was all newfound glory or newfound glory. It was all uh, Metallica, like Led Zeppelin, like classic, classic rock. And then my teenage angst kicked in and I moved into the pop punk and blinks and things like that. Um, And it, it, to the, I'm the same way to this day, like I've got several playlists that are just like throwbacks. And if I put them on people around me are like, dude, I haven't heard this song for legitimately like 10 years. What the fuck is happening? Right. But then you ask them, do you feel anything? Right. And, and they're like, I feel younger. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, if you let it, you know, and I guess we're that band now. And I'm just okay with that. You know, every yeah. show, I make jokes about being elder emo. I make sh- jokes about the fact that we are the epitome of dad rock. I make jokes uh, along the lines of if you're under 16 and at the show, you're not going to understand anything I have to say tonight. And if you're confused, you can watch a YouTube tutorial after the show on whatever I discussed and everybody laughs. So, you know, I've embraced it. And um, if I could just make a whole room full of people feel like they're 17 again and life is new and fresh, then God bless that, man. That sounds like a gift, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving into to the tour side of things for you guys, um, you've got the, the Escape the Fate tour going on until about the end of May. Um, and then... You're taking June off, which obviously it's not really taking June off. You're going to go practice and rehearse for the next tour. Um, but you guys are heading out with uh, Attack Attack, Kingdom Collapse, and Astoria State. What's this been like 
like you said, you've already played with like everybody that you could have imagined, but what's right. it like reconnecting with some of these bands? Cause like attack attack, you guys have known for quite a while, right? Yeah. My drummer specifically, John was like really good friends with them uh, way back in the beginning. And uh, he was used to playing a band called Breathe Carolina mm-hmm. and attack attack and Breathe Carolina play together. So he's, he's looking forward to hanging out with those guys. Okay. It's, it's cool. You know, every time we see Hawthorne Heights, it's like, hey, you know, it's like we're old friends, man. We've, we've been in this game together for so long. It's it's a lot like a high school reunion. It really yeah. is. It, it feels the same way um, where it's uh, but only cool people. It's like a it's like a rock and roll high school. Reunion. Right. And that's that's what Warped Tour was for a lot of bands until it was gone. So now it's like smaller versions of that uh, scene Escape the Faith again. But I mean, we love Craig and Rob and all those kids. So like, it's been a really fun tour um, and it's been going really well. So we're just happy to be out with people like Escape the Fade who are nice. Um, some, you know, we this is the first support tour I think we've done in a decade. I usually turn them down because I don't I don't like the attitude. Um, so right. because we don't give attitude. So we don't want to get any. We like to just be cool and chill. And uh, those guys are the epitome of that. So it's just been a fan, fantastic uh, tour for us and i just want to tell people who are, are um, able to leave it on stage you know leave yeah. leave the performance on stage and then when you're off stage be real, be real with one yeah. I, I can happily say escape is very much that band um so it's been weird getting back into supporting when you tent when you when you headline for 10 years um you kind of forget you know like what it's like so you know we're having to like tear our drums down put them up quicker and we don't have as much stage space. And like, right. For me, it's funny because that's how we started. But, you know, all the guys in my band now have been in this band over 10 years. Like we haven't right. had any member changes in a decade, but they weren't around some of them. Uh, three of the guys, me, my brother, Randy, and Joey, my bass player, were from the very beginning. But the other two guys, they came in about 10 years ago. So they came into the headlining zone. You know, they right. didn't have to do the dirt dives. They didn't have to do the second out of five bands. 25 minute set, you know, no PA basically, you know, it's pretty much just Mike, the cabs and the vocal and that's it, you know, not a single drum mic. Um, And now they're kind of getting that experience because when you're not the headliner, you, you don't get all the glitz and glam. You don't get the full sound check. You don't get all the room. And I think it's been good for them. They've actually enjoyed it. Um, But there's also way less stress. You're just a support band. So you really just um, on on the uh, managerial side of things, it's, easy it's a it's a lot easier you just show up and do your job and move on to the next city um yeah. so I, i've just really been enjoying it i'm really glad that we decided to join these guys on this tour and we're coming near you soon yeah for sure and it's funny you brought up the the high school reunion because the last little tour thing i wanted to talk about is the when we were young tour or festival yeah. really yeah uh like when it got announced I know I wasn't the only one. I thought it was a fucking joke. Like I really thought. I don't get that. Because it it was such an incredible, it is such an incredible lineup that I just was like, there's no way they pulled it off. Like because Warp Tour is gone. I was just like, they can't possibly be really getting everybody together for this. Like, I think it was just disbelief more than anything. Um, But, you know, like talking about some of these bands, you know, Taking Back Sunday, My Kim, uh, all American rejects, Jimmy Eat World, four years strong, or story of the year, four years strong. Like, there's so many warp mm-hmm. tour bands, and then like mm-hmm. bands that blew up when you were blowing up that are now going, Hey, let's bring along some of the young kids too. Mm-hmm. Like, um, 
Jaden is on this the festival, uh, Paris, Royal and the Serpent, like so many of these cool new emerging artists, like what you were saying earlier about like, hey, these kids are coming in and they might be doing this better than us, but it's Probably still a chance are. to it's still a chance to showcase a little bit and be like, Hey, you know, we're the reason that you get to do this to some degree in a humble way, obviously. But um, what's it like kind of seeing that progression moving into something like that? Um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how, first of all, it wasn't a hoax. It was never a hoax. (laughs) Um, And if, if the, if the, the person who thought it was a hoax was a little bit more, into any one of those bands on a personal level. Um, for instance, I have a Twitch channel. My name is Ron Apparatus and I stream often and I have a Discord community. So I had been talking about this show for a long time before it was yeah. announced. I just couldn't tell them what it was called and who else was on it. So nobody in my community thought it was fake. But then there were some bands who were like, I don't I didn't even know we were on this or something. I remember I don't right. remember who it was, but everybody's like, hey Ronnie, like what about this comment from this guy? And I was like, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe he just like doesn't check his emails from his manager. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what to say. Like, right. I have known about this thing for a minute and told you guys about it. And they were all like, yeah, yeah we know. But I wasn't allowed to mention bands, but I just said it's going to be one of the biggest festivals you've ever seen. Uh, yeah. It's more than one day long. It's probably going to sell it really quick. So when I finally get to announce it, make sure you get a ticket if you want to see us, um, because we are definitely... Uh, one of many bands and there's some really big ones way bigger than us on there so i I warned my community in advance so clearly if if you're one of those fans that's all in like you were mentioning earlier uh and you're tied into one of the band members kind of or if they have a discord or if there's any kind of communication with that band with fans as opposed to just here's our music um because not every band is that way not every band has a stream or a discord or, or a a direct to fan communication method, uh, but we do. We always have. We, we've just used whatever's new, whatever's the most relevant. Yeah. Um, you know, we notified our fan base. We let them know, hey, this is coming. This is happening. This is real. It's going to be big. You're going to know it when it's announced. You know, I gave as many like uh, careful suggestions as I can without breaching contract. And then, boom, I didn't know the internet was going to break. I mean, I knew it was going to be a big deal right. to a lot of people. But holy crap, did it go wild. And the whole time, uh, you know, everybody's like calling me like, Bill, you're on that show, bro, you're on that show. I'm like, yeah, of course we are. You know what I mean? Like, this is the one I've been telling you about, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, like I say, for me, I think it was it was the disbelief of like, because there were so many mm. big names, you know, that it was like, mm, can they pull it off? And I mean, I quickly bought into it. I guess we'll see. Right. I mean, some of us are still curious as to how it's going to be pulled off. I, I, I don't, I don't have all the answers, but I'm excited to be part of it. And I know that the people putting it on are total aces. Um, because one of my concerns in the beginning was that's a lot of bands, you know, Mm -hmm. um, like anybody would think anybody who can count, you know, is like, wow, that's a lot of bands. And after being reassured and explained who's putting it on and all the things that they've accomplished in the past, I was like, okay, if anybody can do it, it's these guys. Um, You know, and they're either going to set a precedence or it's going to be a total failure. Neither way, it'll all be documented. We can all all watch it, you know? So, like, you know, I I think it's going to go well and I think it's going to go fine, but it may not. Either way, um, all the bands are going to show up and and do their best. I know that because these are all bands mostly that I've heard of and met. 
um, and they're all just like solid people. You know, these are the bands that stayed around. These are the bands that, that didn't break up. These are the bands who made it through the fire. So, you know, we're going to be there. I, I can guarantee you all the bands will be there. It's not a hoax. Um, but how will it go down? I don't know. Hopefully smooth. Yeah, no, I, I definitely hope that it goes well, because even if they have to shrink it down or transition it to more of like a like a riot fest or a louder than life style format, like I think this is the Warp Tour replacement that we've all wanted since Warp Tour went away. We all knew it was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody's like somebody's going to bring it back. I honestly just thought somebody was going to buy the brand from Kevin, right? Yeah. I really did. Like just buy it and just say, you know, I don't know, Warped 2 or something or Warped Squared or who knows right. what. I kept thinking that was going to happen because there's just too many people who don't want to let go. They don't yeah. want to let go, you know, and then boom, this popped up. So I thought the same thing. This could possibly even be a multi-city show next yeah. year or the year after or a tour. Right now, it's just three days in one place. Imagine if all of these bands were traveling together, like and going state to state. Is it doable? Absolutely. It's yeah. just logistics. Uh, it, it's it's not as crazy as when we all put our minds together and build bridges over lakes and right. <laughs> and rivers. You know, that's actually quite a bit more complicated, and we do it all the time. So um, I don't know. Um, is it the w- replacement for Warp Tour? It kind of feels like. It, I'll be honest with you. Um, you said that, not me, but I'll agree with it. Yeah. Um, it definitely is temporary. What will happen in the future? I don't know. Um, but wow, would be pretty cool to see that on uh, as a package tour, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, even if it was like a, I don't even know how many stops. Let's say only like a ten stop tour, and you hit the coasts, the Midwest, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of cherry pick some locations. It doesn't have to be a full warp tour. You know, whatever right. that fucking was thirty five stops in 14 you know 42 days every year but yeah all i know is it was a lot (laughs) yeah it it was heavy for sure um so yeah you know we'll see what happens with that um and then kind of one of my tie-up questions here is going to be new music man you know i have to ask about it you're not beholden to a label but what can you tell us that you won't get in trouble by yourself or whatever like what can fans expect you have the the ep it's about two years Mm -hmm. old now but you know, again, being independent, you're not beholden to, well, it's been two years, we have to put something out. Like, is there plans? Is it more of a organic process for you on the sense of, I have stuff, but I don't, I don't feel ready or you know what I mean? Yes, I do know. what you mean. And the answer to that question is, most bands, including us felt a little bit discouraged during 2020, that we were not able, I mean, we're touring we right. have survived by playing those dive rock, those dive bars that some bands are too good to play. Not us. We'll play them. We'll play them seven days a week um, because that's where we came from. So it just doesn't right. feel foreign because that's where we came from. It's actually feels comfortable. It feels more comfortable than a, than a arena stage. That's for sure. We feel out of place there. Yeah. Um, but you know, um, we didn't get to do that. You know, we put this EP out, and then we were at home with everybody. And we were looking out for our family and friends like everybody else. And we were dealing with everything that was going on around us like everybody else. And then 2021 came on and we peeked our heads out like some other bands. And we did some touring as much as we could. But it was, there was still a lot of regulations and a lot of rules. And some counties were cool and some counties were not cool. And some buildings were cool and some buildings were not cool with it. So, like, it was very complicated last year. This year, it started to feel normal. 
And so we just wanted to make sure that everybody who did, I mean, we got a ton of, ton of streams on this TV. We wanted to make sure that everybody cared, who liked it, got to see it, you know, got yeah. to see it live. So we're just, this is the end of that cycle for us. Um, and we're just doing it justice. And then after that, do we have new music already recorded and ready to go? Absolutely. Yes, we do. We also have a whole nother album that we've already teased and told our fan base a lot. Um, we re-recorded our JB record, Don't You Fake It, but we did it and we're calling it Don't You Fake It, the orchestral edition, because all of the guitars and the bass are non-amplified. They are actually tracked, not programmed um, on an acoustic guitar. And when you hear some of this guitar work, all I got to say is if you're a guitar player, you're going to like it. Um, we really kind of explored the space of like almost like a Simon and Garfunkel type of guitar approach to a lot of these songs. And then the vocals, I was able to sing a lot differently. Um, the, the basis of the songs are still all there, but you'll hear a lot of different vocal execution, um, different techniques that are more used in an orchestral setting. And then, of course, we have strings and horns and all this just beautiful, beautiful orchestration. So. Finally, after all this time, we're, we're revisiting that album because it's it's almost 20 years old now. You know, so we wanted to do something special in preparation for that. Um, it's in its final stages. It's not complete yet, but we have other music other than that that's brand new. Um, that kind of picks up right where the EP left off. Um, so if you like that, then it's essentially very similar as far as like aggression and like lyrical content. Awesome, man. Sounds super exciting for for me as well, you know, just on the journalism side, but also the fan side of, you know, I think, again, people, casual listeners, casual fans, I think take for granted that, well, yeah, the two years happened for for COVID, but like, it's been two years, you should be ready. And it's like, well, but it, it, it's been two years, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't a real two years. In, it, was in like most a, books. it was like a year, really. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. maybe a year and a half of stretching. But, you know, to that person, I would say, I mean, if they're a casual fan of our band, they probably only know Face Down anyway. Right. <laughs> so, so we just don't worry about that. You know what I mean? Like, um, if, they're, if, they, if they literally know more than just one song, then they already love the EP and every album. It's very, very easy with us to tell the difference between the two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's everything I've got for you, man. Um, awesome, so I, man. first off, I, I super appreciate again, you know, you were able to take the time and appreciate you, you know, pausing the drive for this. Um, what do you want to tell fans that are maybe coming out to the shows or, you know, that are on the fence about coming out to a show for some reason, what do you want to tell them and, and kind of get them out there? Uh, I would I would implore them to come, uh, mainly because life is for the living, man. And and if anything, we are to the ones who aren't here anymore to enjoy what we have, um, whatever that is to you. And if that's not going to a live show, then so be it. That's okay with me. But if you're not going to come see us, then go to the park and play with your dog, or you know, go watch go to watch a movie, or go, go do something. Don't just stay in your house. Um, this probably won't be the only time in our lifetimes that we face something like this. So when when you can uh, connect with the world, take your socks off and go stand in the grass. Um, you know, just just live life, man. You know, we owe it to the ones who aren't here anymore. So, you know, Escape the Face, we've been killing it. We've been killing it on this tour. If you have an interest in our, either one of our bands, come out to the show. Have a good time with us. Uh, we've been touring all year. Nobody's, nobody's got hurt. So I think, you're, I think you'll be safe. But you know what? If that's not your thing, I get it. 
Uh, you can always just wait for somebody else to record it on their phone and hear the crappy version of it when they post it on Instagram. So there's option two, you know, but just remember that's not what it really sounded like. Yeah. No, and you know, it's one of those things I I wish it would come back to some extent, but I I kind of don't at the same time, is the live stream that got really popular during COVID, mm-hmm. but I want it to be the live stream of the actual show. You know what I mean? Sure. Like sure the live stream in a rehearsal space is one thing, but like to live stream and actually see the crowd involved and everything. I think it'd be an interesting thing to see kind of how, how that trends. I've been working on that. And I think you just affirmed to me that I'm onto something there. There's a lot of logistics. There's a lot of tech involved. I actually can do it. The problem is, is I can't do it and sing lead vocal at the same time. And that Mm -hmm. is the, it's kind of like, I can't sing lead vocal and play drums and guitar right. all at the same time. Like it's the same concept, but it's only one of me. So if I have been playing around with that idea, a couple of my friends have too. It just it does, it would involve a secondary crew. That's really yeah. what it boils down to. So uh, I may be willing to give that a swing sometime in the near future. I'm still running by how exactly I'd want to execute it. It can be done. And artists are thinking about doing it. Um, yeah. but it just, we're still filling it out. We're transitioning, just like you're saying, we're transitioning from these home studio and home jam streams to being thrust back into the road. And it's like all my stream gear is laying over there in the corner with dust on it now. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, okay, this is so completely opposite than a year ago, but I should have expected this. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's new, even to all of us who jumped into streaming. uh, We weren't streaming pre-COVID. A lot of us weren't. We were just out there playing real. I mean, why would We'd much rather just be in real life. So we're learning. We're learning. Give us some time, I would say. But I think bands like me uh, who are already interested in the streaming aspect are figuring out now how to balance between the two. Yeah, no, and that's that's super fun for me to hear because, like I said, there's just so much to it that, like, Dropkick Murphys had an amazing live stream at Fenway. Like, that was super dope but there was no crowd. Like there was no energy mm-hmm. other than the band. And it's like, how cool could this have been? So I, I've mentioned that. So, you know, this, I don't want to give away all my secrets, but no, I, you're found a way, I found a way around, right? I found a way to bring it really onto the board. It's the audio that they're hearing. You can hear the fans singing along. It's just a lot. Yeah. A lot. And a lot of it has to do with internet and these, these uh, venues, they don't have good internet. They don't spend the money. So yeah. then you got to bring your own and then it depends on what service provider is better in that area. So it's complicated. Um, and there's some other pieces of equipment that you can acquire that can be around that. But anyway, people like us are looking into it. It, it, it's, it all happened all at once, you know? So I do think what you are mentioning is the wave of the future. I think it's going to be more of a hybrid of live and stream all the time. Yeah. I think the smart bands uh, who are as driven as I was when I was a young man, 1920, they're going to start that. They're yeah. going to just, they're going to, they're going to be doing that from the beginning. Right. So we're going to, I'm going to continue to explore it, but we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. I think it's going to be a blend of the two. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And um, like I said, you know, at the beginning, I'm, I'm planning on being at the show on Thursday. So I'm stoked to, to see you and, and really take in. So I did maybe five or six shows last year because I had a COVID battle last year. So then post COVID, it, it was a whole thing. So this would be my second live show this year. 
and I can't think of a better person to to go see. You know, like it's got the nostalgia factor with you and Escape the Fate, but it's also got so much new stuff. Like you sure, and yeah. and Craig both have been like really pushing the envelope with the new music that you're dropping. And yeah. I know that sounds weird to people that don't understand it. But if you go th- through each of you guys' discography, like you can see that evolution. Absolutely. I love the new album. I told Craig it's my favorite Escape the Fate record. Yeah. Uh, Not My Problem is probably my favorite Escape the Fate song ever. And it's weird saying that to somebody who you've known for so long and, uh, you know, has all these big songs like us. I'm like, dude, my favorite song is Not My Problem. That's one of their newer, you know, I think yeah. the second single from the new record. So. Come on out, guys. It's going to be a good one, I promise. And I look forward to seeing you on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate your time and, you know, safe travels. Uh, you know, keep the, the van upright, which hopefully on that side of the country, you don't have to worry about. You know, we're not in Denver where all the yeah. slide-offs happen. But, you know, we'll we'll uh, definitely see you Thursday and, you know, be safe. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, yeah. Thanks for reaching out. And I look forward to seeing you as well. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. Have a good one. You too. And that was my conversation with Ronnie Winner of the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Um, You know, like I said in this episode, one of my favorite things about doing this podcast and um, music journalism in general really is getting to talk with artists that I really admire and have listened to and grown up with and things like that. Like I said, I I remember buying um, Red Jumpsuit albums when they came out. And I remember, you know, being in very formative years when I first heard Face Down and Cat and Mouse, Your Guardian Angel. Like, there's so many songs that played key factors in my life as well. Um... So it's always, you know, just a lot of fun for me to to talk to these types of people. And I think the thing with Ronnie is, you know, the humbleness. And like he said, you know, they're not necessarily trying to be rich and famous. Um, They just want to put on a great show and be able to do their music full time. And they've been lucky enough to to be able to do that. So I highly recommend you go check out... The Emergency EP, which dropped uh, in 2020, Um, they've got some killer shows coming up. I definitely think you need to be paying attention to that. Um, I was lucky enough to go to the show the the same week that we talked, Um, and it didn't disappoint, you know? Like, it's one of those things you always worry that maybe they've lost a step or whatever, and I had a great time, so... Uh, If you've ever been a fan of the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, I highly recommend you getting out, checking them out on tour. Um, Show support, show love. Uh, You know, we'll have all the social medias linked in the description of this podcast, so definitely want you to go over, follow them, um, check out the cool, cool shit that they're doing. They've got, you know, the Twitch stuff. Ronnie was talking about possibly integrating some sort of live stream into their shows occasionally and things like that. You know, it's just a matter of figuring out the logistics and, and setup for everything. Um, so, you know, they're, they're not resting on their laurels and saying, oh, you know, we're, we're just going to coast. They're still trying to innovate and do things that are 
impactful to the fans. So, um, again, huge shout out to Ronnie. Much love, much appreciation for him taking the time to do the interview. Um, and that's everything I've got for you guys. This is a bonus episode because I just didn't want to to sit on it when they've got so much touring going on and so many opportunities for you guys to get out there and check them out. So be sure to do that. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook are probably the two primary places to uh, follow us and interact. Um, obviously we have the website. If you want to pick up some merch, there's some new designs and items coming up very soon on that. Uh, and I've started doing a TikTok, so it uh, would be great if you guys jump over and check out TikTok. Uh, we're taking video clips from these interviews and just making quick little, you know, excerpts, sound bites, whatever you want to call it, and having a lot of fun with that as well. So uh, that is going to be username at Josh underscore YMTS. Um, if you want to join us over on TikTok. So, as always, guys, I really appreciate it. Um, and remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.